Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the Al Franken podcast ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. You're at a place you just discovered. And being an American Express Platinum card member with Global Dining Access by Resi helped you score tickets to quite the dining experience. Okay, chef. You're looking at something you've never seen before, much less tasted. After your first bite, you say nothing because you're speechless. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your dining experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Welcome to the Al Franken podcast. We've got a uh, great one today for a change. Elizabeth Drew, someone who has covered three now impeachment processes, Nixon, Clinton, and now we're in uh, an impeachment inquiry. And so she probably knows more about impeachment than anyone except uh, Julie Eisenhower. And uh, it'll be close. Did you know that I have a Nixon bathroom? Oh, uh, I'm trying I, to think of what that would consist of. It consists of uh, three photos that my brother, who's a photojournalist, took uh, when he was about to get in the helicopter. And he was doing the Vs. The two Vs, yes. Yeah. And so he took three pictures, which are interesting because you see kind of what the posture of the Fords are <laughs> and the other people there. Well, that's a great That's a great scene. Yeah. So I got three of his pictures from that. I have a letter from Elvis to Nixon that he wrote on American Airlines on the way to the White House and it is the craziest letter <laughs> you have ever seen. Uh, it, it, among other things, he wants to be an FBI agent. This is an Elvis who got his way into the White House. Yes, without an appointment, he got in to see Nixon. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, not only that, he was carrying right guns. Right, right, right. And they t- took the guns away from him. They thought, ah, but he had one gun when he went into the Oval Office, and he wanted to be an FBI agent because he knew the drug culture. He knew <laughs> he knew them or something, and, and also communists. He was very aware of their existence and wanted to he was help. shoot them if he found them in the Oval Office? Communists. He brought the gun as a gift. It was oh, a I gift see. for Nixon. For Nixon to shoot them. I remember once you... I can't remember what this is about, but I always, if you were in the New Yorker, right. I read you. And I think I called you up at this time, and this was a while back, and you wrote a great piece about something, and I apologize. But it was long, and I I remember calling you up to tell you how great it was, but also like, yeah, could you write them longer? <laughs> Do you remember that? You well, remember you never it? let me forget it. You you always that's how you identify me. She's the one that wrote that long piece. <laughs> but they were so good. You wrote the book on the Nixon impeachment, I would say. For anyone who wants to know all about and wants to know in a riveting way about the Nixon impeachment, Washington Journal reporting Watergate, Richard Nixon's downfall. Right. It was spectacular, that downfall. 
I mean, and and he he deserved this. So today, I, I, the reason I asked you to be on one, you're a brilliant, always been a brilliant writer. Two, uh, we're friends, but mainly because you're brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> but also because you have uh, you wrote uh, the definitive work on the uh, Nixon impeachment, but you're reporting on Clinton. Mm-hmm. And now you're writing on on Trump. Right. So I feel like if we're going to talk about this impeachment and it's right. sort of moved into a different year, you're the person to talk to. What's impeachment for? The, the founders put it into the Constitution because they didn't want a king. That's why we fought the revolution. And they wanted a way of holding a president to account between elections that you don't wait four years or three years. A lot of people think Trump should go now because every day he's there. You know, he's dangerous. There's something he might do. So it was a way of holding a president to account. They picked it right up out of English law. It had been written to hold to account the Stuarts, uh, which goes way back, and their, and their ministers. And they felt that you had to be able to hold a president to account between elections. That's what it's for. And they gave the House the power of impeaching or, you know, conducting the indictment and then the conviction in the Senate. And it's a very serious provision of the Constitution. And what the White House is doing is flouting the Constitution. That's ser- that's very serious. An impeachable offense need not be a crime. Right, and a crime need not be an impeachable exactly, offense. Exactly, exactly. Trump had no government experience. He knew nothing about it. Nixon had been in the House, in the Senate. He'd been vice president for eight years. So he understood government. He was interested in some of it, not interested in, in other parts of it. And he also understood the law. Now, he broke it, but he was, he was no fool. He knew, he knew what he was doing in a sense. Like when he broke it, the law, he was aware that he was breaking yeah. the law. Yeah, okay. and when they obstructed, they obstructed to a point, but he obeyed the Supreme Court decision. He obeyed, you know, he mainly obeyed subpoenas. It was not like this all-out blockade. We will not even let you do your process, which is, which is huge. I mean, people are sort of gossiping about it. It's a, I think it's a constitutional crisis. Simply because they're just stonewalling to the nth degree, right. as opposed to even Nixon. What, Nixon. Nixon let his own people go up and testify. His whole White House staff testified before Sam Irvin, and they they didn't keep anybody from testifying. W- were they still staff when yes. they testified? Yes, yes, Oh, that's right. So Haldeman and Ehrlichman testified? Yes. And they were still staff John then? Dean, yes. Dean wasn't a staffer I don't then. think he was at that point. Couldn't have been. I remember when... Uh, Nixon let go of Haldeman and Ehrlichman. Oh, he cried, he cried. You know, he 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 was always calling his staff to see how he had done, how they thought he had done. And he made the speech saying, this breaks my heart, it's so terrible that I have to let them go. And he called up Haldeman after and said, how did I do? Okay, he wasn't a people person, is what you're <laughs> no. saying. He wasn't a people, and yet... Warm he, and fuzzy, he was not. Yeah. I just... <laughs> writing about... How did I do in the speech... Where I talk about firing you. Exactly. Because did I do, did I you're do, such a liability right. that I can't possibly keep you around. Well, I How have did to throw people out in order to stay in myself, you see. Yeah, and that, that didn't happen because 
he had violated law and he tried to stop them from hearing the tapes. And Now, you, you have said to me that the tape wasn't it, right? The, by the time this tape was discovered towards the end, it was a little piece of, a little excerpt of a tape that they had tried to hold back because it showed him ordering a cover-up of having the CIA call the FBI and say, you're jeopardizing national security. They always say that when they're trying to keep somebody sure. from, from doing something. And that was the last straw for a lot of senators, I think, mainly. The House Judiciary Committee which was very well run, unlike the current one, had already voted three articles of impeachment. And it was known that they were going to go through the House. Mm -hmm. So he was already in very deep trouble. And what that little piece of tape did was say, people were, you know, they, they talk about looking for the smoking gun, and I called it looking for the smoking gun in a room full of smoke. I mean, obviously, something, you know, quite wrong had happened. But well, that, I think that that's where it, we are now, although I think we found a smoking gun. The president announced the smoking gun in, in front of the White House. I mean, we've never had anything like this. He, he said what he did. You're talking about China? China and, and Ukraine. He talked about Ukraine. He said, yes, I thought that they should help us. If we were helping them, they should help us. Yeah, so what he wants to do is make the smoking gun to his supporters— not a smoking yeah, gun. Yeah, what's wrong with that? Why, why shouldn't I ask an ally to help me out? You know, the fact he was asking him to help him out to bloody an, an so, opponent, a political opponent, that's 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 problematic. It's actually illegal. He should have asked him. Zelensky to walk on Fifth Avenue so he could shoot him. That's right. That would have been better. But Zelensky, was, we're talking about the president of Ukraine, and he's a... Uh, He's a he's he was a comedian of all things. Yes, and a producer. And but he, I thought he. I think that's not a good idea. But what? Well, I don't know about public life. I don't know about next year, but you know we could talk about that another time. I thought he handled Trump extremely well when they had their joint press conference. Can I go back over something? There, there are a lot of myths about Watergate. Sure. And one of them is about the cover-up, the original cover-up. Yes. Yeah, so are we talking about the cover-up of the break-in? Or are we talking about the cover-in of cover-up of all the other stuff he was doing? Well, that's the point. He had these goons called the plumbers. Right. And what saved the country is they were they were total clods. I mean, they messed up everything. I love did. the word goons, by the way. Yes. It's one of my favorite words. Well, they that's were, underused. They were definitely goons, so they should make you happy. And you can read about the goons when you read the book. Uh, they messed up everything they did. And... Actually, the, when they got into the Democratic National Committee headquarters, here is the thing. This was the fourth time they tried to get in. People don't know that. They went in once. They t- had staged a dinner in the Watergate Hotel so they'd be in the building, and then they were going to go up to the DNC headquarters. Somehow they ended up locked in a closet. I, don't ask me how, but they got locked Why, in a closet. Why, you idiot. <laughs> how did you get me into this? That's right. They got up to the headquarters, Yeah. and they didn't have the right thing to pick the lock. Well. So one of the Martinez, these were uh, Bay of Pigs uh, veterans, and Nixon told them that he'd brought them up to hunt out communists, you see, because they had been against Castro. They were trying to overthrow Castro in Cuba. Martinez went down <laughs> to Florida to get the right equipment to get in to the DNC mm-hmm. headquarters. They got in over the Memorial Day weekend. 
They actually were in there before the time that they were caught. But they messed it up. They put the tap on the wrong phone, and they took pictures that were all blurred. And it said that one of the two ex-CIA guys who were running them, took, he took the material to John Mitchell, who was then running something called CREEP, the Committee to Re-elect the President. Why do you do that? Why would you go like, that spells CREEP? Leave it. Maybe nobody knew how to spell. <laughs> anyway, and Mitchell is alleged to have said, well, that's junk. I doubt that that's the word he used, but you know, go back in and straighten mm -hmm. this out. And that's the time they went in and got caught. But it was their fourth attempt. Now, but what the cover-up was really about, Nixon was in Keep His Cane with his buddy, B.B. Rebozo. Right. He liked him because he didn't talk, and so they would sit there in silence on their friend's boat and do nothing. Anyway, he came back three days later, and he was talking to Haldeman. And I noticed in the transcript, Nixon said, well, about the, the plumbers. About it, the plumbers. It's that other stuff they were doing. It's the other stuff I'm worried about. Well, this is, this is really, it's really important. This is where Nixon, the lawyer, was you know, smarter than most people. He, they had... I went to Duke. He was very good. He could have gone to Harvard, but he could, the parents couldn't afford the... Uh, I could have gone to Harvard. The cost. Like Kennedys, like the Kennedys. But they were born with a silver spoon in their... I'm sorry, Elizabeth, I'll shut up. Anyway, where was I? Nixon, the lawyer, understood that they're having these, these goons having gone into the office of the psychiatrist. Ellsberg psychiatrist. Daniel Ellsberg, who had leaked the Pentagon Papers, which is where this all began. Mainly Henry Kissinger, but also Nixon, were very hysterical that the Pentagon Papers got out. What was the problem? There were analysis of the Vietnam War under Johnson, but it was still continuing, and it sort of questioned the whole enterprise. So they were furious that this was published in the papers, and Dan Ellsberg had leaked them. So they were after Ellsberg. So yes. the goons went into the, a private citizen psychiatrist's office, and they were looking for his psychiatric files, which weren't there. Because, as I said, they, they'd cased it and thought they were there, but they weren't there. That was what Nixon thought was far more serious and far more important, and I agree with him. Nixon and I agree on this point, uh, than the Watergate break-in. And that was what he was afraid would be found out, and that's what the cover-up was about. I wonder what he thought he'd find in those files, even if he got it. be like a lot of things like, well, uh, he has lots of anxiety about releasing Pentagon papers. <laughs> um, Worried he didn't about like his mother, Nixon. You know, who knows? You know, but they just wanted to smear him. And anything went. I don't know that Nixon ordered them to go in. He did, you know, suggest some very wacky things like starting a fire in the Brookings Institution. Did you know that learning actually makes a sound? It's true. Listen, that's the sound of you learning a new language with Babbel. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real life situations and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. For example, let's say you're in Berlin and you want to visit the Führer bunker. It's pretty simple, actually. Wo ist der Führer bunker? Studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babel is better. 
One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Here is a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash franken. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash franken, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L, dot com slash franken rules and restrictions may apply getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking what's your secret begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 bite clear aligners are doctor directed and delivered to your door Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Okay, so now let's compare the three impeachments, and we don't have an impeachment yet here, and do you think we are going to? Yes. I do, uh, because with all this obstruction, what they can do, first of all, the phone call to the president of Ukraine where he did do a quid pro quo, I mean, the, his defenders, who are about two people on the Hill, say that wasn't a quid pro quo, but it was. It's on paper. Anyway, that's- He didn't say, listen, you have to investigate the Bidens if for me to give you the money Here's for the tanks. <laughs> I mean, he didn't say that, but he said Here's just as much. Here's what he said. I mean, yeah. the, the Ukraine president said, you know, we want to buy more of this. We want more of that. And Trump said, but we we need a favor from you, comma, though. That yeah. though is very important. And it's a quid pro quo. I mean, you generally have to be, you know, just... Huge. That that is as quid pro quo as you get. Right, everybody if you're a got it. That's what, so that's there, and his calling on China is there. They don't really need more evidence. It's there. This is why, because it's not cut and dry crime. This is why people say, "Well, it's political," but you know, it's a judgmental call. You know it when you see it. When you see a president flouting the emoluments clause, I go back to this. I think. See, Speaker Pelosi thought the reason to go with the phone call is that everybody would understand it. I'm not sure everybody does, that there was a quid pro quo. Everybody understands him enriching himself. Off the- I think they understand a shakedown. I think they. Yeah. I think that Americans listen to that, that, that and look well at that, be. and they go like, okay, he didn't say, you know, um, you, you have you do to do the, this to, yeah. in order to get the in, money. In effect, he said it. But he did. Yeah. By the way, I have a pack now. Mm-hmm. The quid pro quo pack, and the uh, uh, way we answer the phone is quid pro quo. What can we do for you? <laughs> what can you do for us? Well, <laughs> it's implied. You see, there is no quid pro quo here at quid pro quo. Al, it was about this country trying to become a democracy under attack by Russia, and it so happens. Trump's good friend, and Vladimir people, and, Putin. And Ukrainians getting killed. Yeah. Ukrainian soldiers yeah. getting killed by right. Russians. Right. It was very convenient for Putin 
that Trump held up the arms aid. And people get killed. People are getting killed. Got killed, getting killed. Just as they are in Syria as we speak. You think Trump at night just goes like, you know, in order to win the election, I held up that aid and people got killed. I can't. No, Those I don't think are, so. are fathers and brothers and sons. I, husbands. Melania. Uh, they're husbands They're not in the same too. room anyway. Well, he'd go, Melania. <laughs> Melania. You'd have to shout very loud. I, Melania, I want to discuss something with you. Not now. No, come on. Come on down the hall. And what is it? You know, <laughs> what I did uh, by shaking down the guy to get the stuff on, on Biden, I delayed him getting these arms and some Ukrainian soldiers were killed. I, I, am I a bad man, honey? Yes. Very bad. It's in her contract not to think he's a bad man. I'm joking. That would be a tough contract to sign. <laughs> I mean, he's a he's a bad man. I mean, he's a bad man. He's a bad man. I don't disagree. No, he's a disaster. I, I love this. Franken calls Trump bad man. <laughs> hey, bad man. Okay. Drew, I don't disagree. Yeah. <laughs> Between that and the obstruction, I still see a two-part impeachment. A two-part? Article 1 would be the soliciting something of value, which is what he did, in asking him to you know, investigate Biden, soliciting something of value, period, from a foreign country. That's not good. Maybe put China in there, too. And second would be obstruction. I mean, they've just been obstructing across the board. That was one of the articles against Nixon. Now, as you know, I wrote a piece that appeared in the New York Times. I think there should be another article of impeachment. I feel very strongly about it. I got a very good response to it, which is abuse of power. That was Article 2 for Nixon, and I would make it Article 2 for Trump. I would first do the soliciting something of value, and then I would do Article 2, abuse of power. And it's all there. Article 2, you want obstruction or you want abuse of power? So I'd make obstruction third. Okay, but obstruction is like ignoring subpoenas? Is that the obstruction? Well, or is it the blocking, trying to block the investigation. And uh, you could also bring in things from the Mueller report. Yeah, there were a lot of things There's in the Mueller like, report that were obstruction across the board that he tried. So, but my article, too, which I think is very important, is abuse of power. You're not going to impeach somebody twice. Once you've done it, you're not going to do it again. And it would be things that we know about, making money off of the federal government and the taxpayers, totally flouting the emoluments, uh, totally flouting the emoluments clause. Yeah. I would put in there threatening to uh, raise postal rates on Amazon, which owns the Washington Post, which he hates. That's abuse of power for a president. He, he tried to do that. I, I think it's still caught in a process somewhere. But there's a whole string of things that we of know. Because owning. Right. Yeah. Jeff Bezos. Uh, there's a whole string of them that I would put in there. And it is abuse of power. And it's the most insidious. It's the scariest thing about you know, what the president can do, he can, this is what Nixon did. You know, they had people's tax returns audited. They should be careful about how they use their power. So I would put abuse of power in there as number two. As I understand it, Speaker Pelosi is still not for doing that. They want to keep it narrow. 
Another one would be he usurped the role of Congress by taking appropriations that had been voted for, for A, and putting it for his wall, for B. And that's the major power of the Congress is the appropriations process. So that's not okay. And if you don't call him on those things, and you're setting the precedence that these are okay, no, you can't do that. I guess the argument would be that it would just take a long time. No. No, okay. I would have things that are proven that are shown. We're not, you don't have to investigate. It's all there. It's all on the record. I wouldn't do anything. To, you, you don't need to investigate any of this. You, you'd have to write it. You and I could write it. It's not hard. Well, we shouldn't. We're not lawyers. But You know what was great? It's like when I got to the Senate. I remember my first bill was to get this study for how service dogs helped mm-hmm. uh, veterans with PTSD. And my staff came in with the bill, and I started rewriting it. Mm-hmm. And they went, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. I said, well, I just want to make it sing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they said, you don't do that. You don't have to do that. <laughs> they and can't I went sing. like, oh, good, because ah, that saves me a lot of time. I don't have to rewrite. I did not understand uh, that you just don't like, I want to make this. It has to be legalese. Yeah, that's what it was. Well, you could read Article 2 of the Articles of Impeachment of Nixon, and it would be perfectly clear. They they just listed the things that he did that were abuses of power. We could do the same thing and should do the same thing. Otherwise, you're saying— And they've all been established. I mean, that's right. Okay. And yet, Lindsey Graham and Republicans so far haven't gone like, wow, he's abused his power a lot. Well, they know it, though. They know it. And I think it helps them in the Senate because now Lindsey Graham is in a, his own boat, so to speak. He's so angry over the sellout of the Kurds that we'll see where he ends up. But anyway. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Lindsey Graham is in a place by himself. He's got, he worries about being primary. That is somebody to his right would challenge him. He's not by himself in that regard. Every no, Republican worries about being challenged from the I right. Wasn't, that wasn't the entire point. I know, but, uh, but I he's just way over to make that there. clear to the listener. That's right. A lot of them now, a number of them now, they're more worried about running with him than being primaried. There's a new worry because they're afraid that he's going to cost them votes. So they're not all worried about being primaried or it is established who the candidate will be. So they don't have to worry about being primaried. Let's put it that way. But some of them are worried about running with him. We'll see. We'll see. You know, almost every day another shoe drops. That's why uh, a Democratic senator uh, who can't be named, who has a number of friends on the Republican side, that happens, as you know. It's not what people think, but it does I, I actually— You had friends. On yeah. You have friends on that side. He said to me they're, quote, nervous as hell because they know this man is so— not accident prone. He does say he just does such stupid things. There's a point. If the impeachment goes through the House and it, if they bring it up, it will pass. It'll probably be on a party line vote, which is what the White House wants. That's why they're goading them to do a vote now so they can say, you see, it's just Democrats. Yeah, it's just but you can't do thing. what you're doing until you have the vote. Well, but that's they're making that up. Right. Uh, but their point is they want to have it be seen as a strictly party-line vote. You see, it's just all a partisan witch hunt. Right. It gets over to the Senate, because in the Senate, what they do is they convict. The House's impeachment is to indict. Sure. So they get convicted in the Senate and are thrown out of office. 
this has never happened. Uh, And so Lindsay... What, do they need two-thirds? Two-thirds. Yeah. But not for the the parliamentary things, just majority vote. In any event, he's saying, you're going to throw him out of office over a phone call? You see. And so he just reduces it to... So if... That is the dumbest thing. Well, it's pretty effective, I think. Hey, listen, Vinny, I want you to kill 26 clams. Sorry, but you've been indicted for murder. Hey, it was just a phone call. I think it's not just for now, but for the future. It, It paints the picture of his presidency, and if you don't call him on these things, are you saying that's okay? You're saying future presidents go ahead. You're not gonna. You're not gonna get called on this. I think that's terribly dangerous. Yeah. Well, there just seems to be so much. Uh, I know what you're saying. You're saying let's just list them. You don't have to go through each one in the trial. You can say in the trial we're just going to prove each uh, one of the charges, but we're not going to go through everything. We're not going to go through the time he ordered McGann to go to Rosenstein to fire I would stay away from Mueller. all that. I would, I would stay away. I would actually stay away from the whole Russia and investigation thing. I said maybe pick up some Mueller, but think, I, yeah. I wouldn't do that. I, cause that's, that I all, think Mueller might be mad at you. Well, I'm, I'm too bad. I'm mad at him, too. So we're even. I'm mad at him, too. Why are you mad at him? Because he blew it. He got so legalistic <laughs> that the point got lost. But that was his assignment. His assignment was to find crimes. And that's what was wrong with it. We've talked about that. What they do now is not only important for now, it's for posterity. And if you let it go that somebody comes in and keeps his private business and makes money off of it through his presidency, you've set a terrible precedent. And I just think things like that have to be called on and said, no, this is not acceptable behavior on the part of a president. Yeah, you know, the fact that he didn't get rid of his business. That's right. He's is, the only one. Crazy. He's the only president who's, who's not put everything into private trust. Yeah. But, I, you know, I don't know if his sons talk to him about the business. Oh, come on. And what's the difference? He's making the money off of it. It doesn't make any difference. His sons don't have to be involved in telling the Air Force, you know, please have him stay at this place in Ireland that's very far away from the less expensive. That was suspicious. Suspicious, yes. I would say it was suspicious (laughs) indeed. Anyway, I just think very bad precedent will be set if they don't do it. Yeah. He he looked at the White House and went, cha-ching, cha-ching. That was Trump. Mm -hmm. Very, very... Odd for a guy it? to look at the White House and go, I know, I'll be president. Do you remember? Cha-ching. Okay, so now I get to say why I'm mad at Mueller. And you know it. We've discussed this. I know. And it. you poo-poo it and say, don't, let's not bring no, it up. No, I'm saying he carried out, no, I'm saying he carried out his assignment. It was a bad assignment. Okay. At the He says that the Office of Legal Counsel has made this ruling that you can't indict. Con- indict. That's right. A, a sitting president. Right. And that's never been tested, as you pointed out. It's now come up in the courts, though. A district judge a few days ago said this is outrageous. You know, why why is a president above the law? It's never been tested. It's not a law. But here's the thing. He can say, okay, I'll I'll observe the Office of Legal Counsel just for the sake of observing it. I'm not going to indict him. But he's guilty of these things. I could indict him. I have a case 
that is rock solid. And so is the job of the House of Representatives to take up these crimes and see if they amount to a reason to impeach him. Right. That's what he should have said. And I, said, I think he, he I actually think thought Barr, remember yeah. Barr gave the, uh, right. told yeah. the, 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 the American people that, that the report had said that they had completely cooperated with the investigation. No, and he no said, collusion, no obstruction. That's what they said. Yeah, and no collusion on page two of the report. It says we're not discussing collusion. Collusion is not a legal, there's no legal definition of collusion, just as there's no uh, definition of being in cahoots. The problem, sir, was his assignment, which was to find crimes, not misbehavior, not carrying out your duty, nothing like that. He was assigned to find crimes. And on the whole Russia thing, where you know perfectly well that Trump was well aware that Putin, that the Russians were helping him, and he talked to them at that one press conference. But That was a joke. Russia, if you're it listening. Wasn't, it wasn't they, funny. They re- it was not a great joke, but there are jokes. I don't jokes. think it was a joke. They, they started working on it that night. The Russians started working they on it. They have a horrible sense of humor, the Russians. <laughs> they don't have much of one. They have a horrible sense of humor. It was a joke. The Russians I don't think so. took it literally. He, there was not a smile on his face. No, it wasn't a joke. I don't think. Just like China wasn't a joke. The White House says it was a joke, but it wasn't. And have you ever heard of deadpan comedy? He's not a deadpan person. He doesn't have a great sense of humor that I that I've ever detected. I've never seen him laugh. No, no. In any event, what Mueller said about the whole Russia thing is he could not prove in court that they had coordinated. In other words, I would have to write you a letter and saying, look, I'm going to help you with the election, and you're going to write back and say, that's terrific, I'm really pleased, thank you. That he would have called a crime. I think it was conspiracy. In other words, I think on page two of the report, they said we're using as the measure conspiracy and not collusion. Well, I know not collusion. Because conspiracy has a... Legal in the federal code. Right. right. And as I was saying, like, you're not going to hear the foreman of a jury saying to the judge, uh, the jury finds the defendant guilty of being in cahoots. You're not going to you're not going to hear that. And and that's why collusion was not taken up. You first use that word. James Comey, when he was director of the FBI. And I forget where he was testifying. And he said, we are looking into uh, uh, Russia's role and whether there was collusion. Ah. That started it. Well, that gave them a little cover. But it doesn't matter what the word is. The point is he, he, he couldn't find the actual agreement, which was silly because clearly it went on. But it was, he was being very legalistic, and that's how that whole thing got lost. One of the reasons Speaker Pelosi was holding off against impeachment, where she said, look at what happened to the Republicans after they impeached Clinton, and there was a Senate trial, and there weren't enough votes to throw him out of office. Now, the Republicans said that, oh, they were were impeaching him for obstructing justice. He did tell one lie to the grand jury. Mm -hmm. It's not about sex, they said. Well, it was about sex. It was about his having had 
having an office at Monica Lewinsky, not in the Oval Office, but in the little room, the little study that's right off the Oval Office. Yeah, he lied about that when he was... Before the grand jury. Yeah, the grand yeah. jury about that. The about point is, Monica, yeah. the point is, nobody sane thought that this was worth throwing him out of office for. So they, they and the Republicans were so obviously partisan. It was very partisan, and it was rabid almost. The reason that the Clinton impeachment was unpopular was because people didn't think it was worth throwing him out of office for this. It was ill-founded. And so that's why it was unpopular. And that's why, you know, Newt had to leave, and they lost some seats in in the midterms. They did, yeah. But that wasn't because of impeachment per se. It was because it was it just wasn't grounded on anything. It, it was a midterm. That's right. You always lose seats in the midterm. He was very popular, Clinton, during his impeachment. That's right. Uh, and that was partly economics. The uh, uh, stock market was going well. The economy was going well. Well, and I think most people he, thought that was a bad thing to do. It was really unwise. It was stupid. It was foolish. But it, you don't throw him out of office for it. Yeah, and it was like, okay, he, he caught him. I mean, and you did – this started with something completely different, which was Whitewater – and we have had a, a cabal of uh, people going after him and, and for years and years. I remember that so well. I was on MSNBC that day. And, you know, Clinton, his eyes would narrow when he was angry. And he said, finger pointing, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. And my co-host turned to me and said, what do you think? I said, he better be telling the truth because he wasn't. But he survived. When you choose Organic Valley, not only will you be enjoying great tasting dairy, you'll help to save over 1,600 small organic family farms who are protecting over 400,000 acres of organic farmland and all the plants and animals that call it home. This is dairy you can feel good about. It's great tasting, high-quality organic dairy, ethically sourced from small organic family farms. To find Organic Valley Dairy near you, visit ov.coop. That's ov.coop. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Months ago, Dahlia Lithwick and Matt Miller were on and I was saying go to an impeachment inquiry now mm -hmm. because you want to be able to subpoena pe uh, people and you want to get them before you. So mm -hmm. it's like Watergate where people heard what's in the content of the Mueller report. And if you do that, then it won't be during the election. But you got to do it now. If you're going to do it, do it now is mm -hmm. what I said. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, they wouldn't agree to that until a few months later. Then Dahlia wrote a piece in Slate. I wouldn't right. either. I didn't think they should have gone early when people were saying it. You, you had to let a case build, and it, you know, a case presented itself. But the thing is, nobody wants it to be going on in the election year. I think Speaker Pelosi 
was not thinking Senate, because the wisdom, you know, the Washington wisdom can be so sure and so wrong. And the Washington wisdom has been, oh, no Republican would ever vote to convict Trump. Well, I've never believed that that was necessarily true. I always thought that there was a time might come when some, at least Republicans, think he is such a burden to the party, and he's becoming that, that they find him dispensable. And that's, that's part of the buzz that's going on on the Hill. Beneath all this, you know, the Republicans are all united in it. Well, they're not united. Some of them have already expressed uh, misgivings about his treatment of the president of Ukraine. Um, so I think that she assumed, as she's a terribly smart woman and a brilliant strategist, I think she just assumed, well, yeah, the House will vote to impeach, but the Senate won't do anything. So You're saying that she... Believes that now still? I don't or know. I haven't. I haven't because, asked. Because uh, I think she just wasn't thinking Senate. You have to, you know, get that. Anyway, it's not going to go fast because the White House is blocking witnesses. They're going to have to say at some point, "Okay, we've got enough. Let's go." I think so. But if you, if the White House is going to drag its feet, it's not going to allow anybody. They're going to have That's to go to these saying. courts. And these courts are going to have to, it'll be a district court, a circuit court. Right. And then go to, and, and then it'll go to. The uh, Supreme Court. Yeah. and Where he could it, win. Bart O'Kavanaugh. O'Kavanaugh will have to. Well, it's going to, it's really going to be down, down to the chief. He's the swing vote. And he's very much of an institutionalist. So we will see. But I think he'll probably get there. But I don't think they necessarily need to wait for that. They, they have the material. Unless you want to do a very thorough one, and you don't worry about next year, you get it done by the time by the conventions. I think, like Watergate, if you get the players in, mm-hmm. if you get the testimony that's riveting. Again, there was so all this dependence on Mueller. We'll get him. It's really going to be gangbusters. McGann's, McGann's a smart lawyer. I don't think he's. I I never thought he was going to spill all. He's not John Dean. Uh, no, but he, he he did testify to the right uh, in the FBI yeah. that the president told him right. to tell Rosenstein right. to fire Mueller. That is obstruction. Right, right. So that's simple. I mean, he doesn't have to say anything. They can more just than take that. it right. Out, I can just read the Mueller report. You know, like they don't really need him for that. Anyway. I'm talking about getting the, the American people behind it. That's what I'm talking about, and that's what's going to. Uh, well, then you could take a lot of time, and you could you could get Barr up there, you get Pompeo up there. They're, they've got a lot of problems. I think you got to s- split the difference and do it as. This is why I wanted to do it sooner. But I think you have to split the difference and get a few of those uh, people up there after we win that battle. Uh, that. The White House has to obey subpoenas from the co-equal mm-hmm. branch of government. Well, well, that's the point. That's why we do have a constitutional collision right here, right, right, right before us. Have we done? We haven't done. Well, we did Nixon, sort of. You we did to, Nixon. I mean, I love. Well, here's the, the point Nixon of impeachment. I watched that was, every minute. That was of a that. classic um, impeachment. I think it's worth spending a, just a little time on. Uh, there are various things about it that were just really well handled. Let's take over in the House. You had a new committee chairman, Peter Rodino from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Then they hired as their chief counsel, John Doerr. John yes. Doerr had worked for the Justice Department under Eisenhower and Bobby Kennedy. 
Mm-hmm. And Rodino and Dorr and another staff person, they said, no, we're not doing policy here. We're doing the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Now, that's very important. You don't, it was very important. You don't impeach over a point of view. Mm-hmm. And you had a very different Republican Party then. There were moderates. Remember, there used to be moderate Republicans. Are, Northeastern. Uh, well, they were, there were some that were liberal. too. You know, Tom Rails back from Illinois. You had Southern Democrats then. As the Republicans have taken over the South for now. That could change. Yeah, they were transitioning then. The, the transition started. Uh, as of the Civil the, Rights Bills. Yeah. Johnson said, there goes the South, and he was right. Yeah. Uh, well, in any there event, went the South, but... So uh, they had to they had to win over years. two groups. They had to win over Southern Democrats who were conservative conservative Democrats, mm-hmm. and they had to win over some Republicans. And they felt from the start that unless it were bipartisan, it wouldn't work. They were fair. They brought a lot of people in on the drawing up of the articles of impeachment, like you know my favorite article, Article Two, which, by the way, I should have said earlier. It also held the president accountable for a pattern or practice on the part of his aides. You know, there was no winking and nodding. So as I said, people would say, well, did Nixon know about the Watergate break? And I said, it doesn't matter. It happened under his watch, and they knew what he wanted. So you had a different Republican Party. It was much more moderate. Yeah, it was. The current uh, governor of, of Maryland, Hogan, his father, was the first Republican to vote for impeachment. Ah, so they got, in the end, they got Republican votes. That made, they thought the only way it would be acceptable to the public is if it's bipartisan. And this is the problem that the Democrats on the Hill are having now because you don't have those moderates. You have a couple of them. How they'll vote, I don't know. But right. we're, we're more tribal now, more divided than Very ever much so. before. As somebody pointed out the other day, I hadn't thought of it before. The midterms, in which the Democrats may gain, what, like 40 seats? 40, yep. Most of them, I mean, by definition, they won in swing districts. Right, because they So they, they beat Republicans who would be more open to, you know, enforcing the law. Oh, that's true. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that before, but it, it's true, and that's, that's changed yeah, the nature yeah. of the House Republican Party. So it's a lot tougher now to get that but that was terribly important what would you say was the most dramatic moment of the uh watergate hearings the hearings or the impeachment procedure hearings well the most dramatic of the hearings was when alexander butterfield said yes there are tapes now, Fred Thompson, who was the Republican counsel, asked him about it, but he knew the answer. He'd already interviewed him. Yeah, that was clear. They they asked, because the next thing was, is there any chance that conversations were not taped? Butterfield went, no, no, they taped them all. This is why when Dean said something, when I was talking to him one time, Dean, Dean said, well, I was talking to the president one time, he sort of went behind a curtain to tell me something because he was trying to keep the recorder you yeah, know, from from overhearing, he knew the recorder was going, but nobody else did. I think Haldeman knew, but no one else knew that there was the recorder there. But I would say the most dramatic thing of the whole process was when they took the first votes on the articles of impeachment. We hadn't ever had this in our lifetimes, and you could 
it's a cliche, but you literally could hear a pin drop in that room. And nobody smiled. You know, they, they realized how serious. It it's was a very, very serious, serious thing. Very we nice. throw the word around so much now. But it was terribly serious. And it was incredibly dramatic. After it was over, you know, Rodino's voice cracked when he voted. He went to the back room and cried. I remember it was, it was sort of like 7 o'clock that night when they finished, on, on Saturday night. And I went out on the Capitol grounds. I sort of cried. I mean, it was, it was a huge, huge moment. Will you cry if Trump... I think I'll hold it together. Okay. That'll be hard for you, I know. <laughs> um, it's going to be a tough moment in the Franken household. I know that. When Clinton was impeached, and our friend called me up and said, well, you know, a, a British friend who was here called me up. And I said, this is very sad, you know, because he shouldn't have been, he shouldn't have been impeached. It was stupid. No. It's it's a very, very great thing, just... which is why I think it should be abroad, because you're showing that this presidency is corrupted. I agree. I agree. And, you know, I mean, think about all the media attention that that impeachment got and how inevitable the end was. It well, didn't, didn't seem inevitable at the time. That's the point. And I wrote this in, in the book that you talked about, my book, Washington Journal. Washington Journal, reporting Watergate and Richard Nixon's downfall. That's right. I like a book that says what it is. Let's wrap up with just a quickie on the press and how they cover this. To me, like during the Clinton impeachment, there was so much press on, to me, so little. There were some, actually, magazines that didn't do that. Uh, American Grocer Monthly. <laughs> uh, sailing Magazine. So uh, you got to just recognize those that uh, didn't fall for it. But but what's your opinion of how the media is handling this compared to previous well as you know i sort of bristle at the term the media because it's all different kinds of people with different agendas with different philosophies different points of view i mean to say that uh but don't they all have similar pressures on them or not all but many different papers have different points of view look at fox it's divided unto itself uh right now yeah yeah so it depends. I think it depends very much on the reporters and on the management as to what they're looking for. If you if you want an example of press overdoing it, and I think they admit it, look at how much space the New York Times devoted to Hillary's emails, mm -hmm. and they they kind of know it now. They they went you know went way overboard. It wasn't that big a deal. It's a uh, uh, so nice time for them to realize it. You know, I, I keep saying that this is the second most important election of our lifetime. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The first one was the last one. Mm -hmm. And I thought the New York Times and everyone else kind of blew it mm -hmm. by just covering Trump, just cutting to CNN, just would cut to his rallies. Well, and, they know that now. And the. Uh the head of CNN said that that was wrong. But they, 
You see, he was great showbiz. I know. And I'm, I'm, I'm differentiating between the printed press and the television press, but you're you're absolutely right. Uh, he was very entertaining, and so they they ran the rallies just you know not as reporters, but just gave him wall to wall coverage, and that certainly helped him. Well, hopefully this that time, was very free ad, very a lot of free advertising. Yes, and uh, there was no oxygen at all for any of the other Republican candidates, which. Uh, uh, but I hope this time that, uh, and it's a long ways from now, and uh, it depends what the timing is on the impeachment, but well, it would be nice, it would be nice if the mainstream media um, would cover health care. It would be nice if they covered education. Well, they, they certainly did in 2018, or, you know, they certainly broke through his issues. He was sending troops to the border and talking about cavalcades coming and marching on us. It didn't work. And people voted on health care. That's right. That's right. Because they, they, when they had the chance to repeal and replace, they had nothing. And everyone realized it. And then that, that's when they realized what was in the Affordable Care Act, and including protections that mm-hmm. the Republicans weren't going to give them. And people were afraid of, uh, you know, the ACA going and afraid of losing their protection on pre-existing conditions and annual caps and lifelong caps and having your 26-year-old on your insurance and uh, or your 25-year-old and also losing Medicaid. I mean, I went, I went around rural Minnesota and they were afraid there. Well, Elizabeth, uh, thank you. We have nothing to talk about. We have nothing to talk about? We had nothing to talk about. <laughs> well, uh, anyway, you were thanking me. I don't want to interrupt you. Now I don't want to thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. I mean, uh, this is a uh, an honor, and you're you're a treasure. I just, whenever you would have a piece in the New Yorker, I would just go, "Oh, good." Mm, thank you. That's very nice. I go, "Oh, good. I can read that, and I don't have to read any fiction." Well, or, thank you very much. It's an honor to be on the show. Honored to be on the podcast. Uh, thank you. We'll we'll do this again when it gets a little bit more heated. That'd be fun. And it will get it more will. heated. It will. There's no question about it. Okay. Let's get out of this squirrel cage, huh? I had a good time. Well, I, I hope you enjoyed uh, listening. That beautiful music is by Leo Kotke, the great Leo Kotke. I want to thank Peter Ogburn for producing. We'll talk again next week. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to the Al Franken podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. The early 2000s was a breeding ground for bad reality competition series. From shows like Kid Nation, CBS's weird Lord of the Flies-style social experiment that took 40 kids to live by themselves in a ghost town, to The Swan, a horrifying concept where women spent months undergoing a physical transformation and then were made to compete in a beauty pageant. Hi. 
I'm Misha Brown, and I'm the host of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop. Each episode, comedians join me to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently on The Big Flop, we looked at the reality TV show, The Swan. The problem, this dream opportunity quickly became a viewing nightmare. They were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts.